We always paint a fucked up reality. That's not even true. It's reality what we think is true because our lives aren't what we want it to be. I knew I was gonna get broken. I had to have an internal flame in me that can never be, it, it couldn't be kindling. Kindling, you put the water in the fucking kindling, that fucking shit's out. Right. Yeah. Nah, I had to be a motherfucking tree that is burning hard. It's burning for a long fucking time. There has to be something so deep in you that drives you. So what, what really does it for me is I know what we're capable of. And I know that most human beings aren't willing to go where I am. Hmm. And that's a very, very dangerous thing. I'm not saying I'm bearing anybody else. Everybody has this talent. Sure. It's not a talent. It's just realizing that we stop way short of our true potential. So through my life, I realize these things. And I know what gives me fuel is I know that most people who are blessed with so much talent, great parents, great upbringing, then it comes where I come from. They're going to quit before me. Having all the tools that they have, they didn't have the ability to examine themselves. When you get beat the shit out of you all the time, your mind wants to go to that nice spot where you're comforted, where you're not trying, where shit is easy. That's where your mind, it doesn't want to think. You have all these things in the mind and, and the mind can only absorb so much shit. So all the pain that has to go through, it, does, it wants to push it away and say, let's not do that. So every day I'm fighting where the mind wants to go. So it's a, it's a, it's a, constant, it's a constant evolution, man. I'm, I've never arrived. I've never, I'm, I'm kind of, that's right now, I'm stressing out two, three hours a day. Every, I'm, I'm trying to reinvent the wheel. I'm like, oh man, I went through Navy SEAL training being fucked up. I ran over 7,000 miles in 2007 being fucked up. I did pull-up records being fucked up. Because I'm not allowing myself to become civilized. The worst thing that can happen to a man is become civilized. You lose that fucking fight. You, 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 you lose that, why the fuck am I doing this shit? I'm good. You ain't good, man. You ain't never fucking arrived. And that's just my mentality. You may have more, but you never fucking arrived. You want to be uncommon amongst uncommon people. Period. I wanted to be the guy. I don't care if you fucking like me. I don't care if you don't understand me. I didn't give a fuck. Once I went through this fucking journey, this path of life, you ain't got There's a whole bunch of fucking guys that don't fucking like me. I don't give a fuck. I'm a warrior. Period. There's a lot of guys that have been in a lot more combat than me. A warrior is not always that. A warrior is a motherfucker who says, hey, I'm here again today. I'm here again tomorrow. I'm going to be here the next day. I'm 50 years old. I'm still fucking getting after it. It's a person that puts no fucking limit on what's possible. And that's what got me in trouble a lot. And that's why I went to Ranger School as a SEAL. That's why I tried to go to Delta Force twice. You know, I, I've, been, I've been through all these different training programs because I was looking for, in the military, what I saw is in the training, these people get their ass handed to them. After they get out, a lot of them get civilized. I always wanted to go back into training. No matter where I was at, I wanted to go back to war. And the war was in that training program where you see guys who can quit, guys who are brutal, guys who are suffering, guys who are... You go, so as a SEAL, you don't volunteer for ranger school. I did. I put in seven chits, got turned down. My eighth, you know, got accepted. I went at 28, 29 years old. And they go, why did you go? Because I started becoming civilized. I started becoming complacent. I, I, I needed to get my fucking ass kicked again. And when you go as a SEAL going down to, you have no rank in ranger school. You could be a major. You're just fucking Joe Brown. You're nobody. And you're not eating. You're not sleeping. So I always... Would put myself, I would immerse myself in shit like that. Even I would climb the ladder and I'd intentionally fall back down that motherfucker to say, all right, man, getting soft, dude, getting soft, kick your fucking ass again. 
and I, you know, it's kind of the process. Did you find resistance from that amongst other guys that, that didn't like the make that you were making them uncomfortable? Because that is something that people, there's a natural instinct that people have when someone's working harder than them to right. somehow or another diminish that person. Well, I know that a lot of guys don't like me for a lot of reasons. And I realize that I am a guy that doesn't care if you like me or not. And um, when you're an alpha male and you're against other alpha males and we eat our own, alpha males eat their own. And I love that shit. Let's fucking go, man. I want to eat. Hey, man, I'm all about that kind of mentality. But I would sometimes take it to another level. You know, I wasn't part of a, of a good old boy network. I didn't want to be part. Of, I, I wanted to be David fucking Goggins. I, for, for too long in my life, and it, and it got me in trouble. For too long in my life, I wanted to be accepted. Growing up, I lied. I fucking did what I could. For, if, if you fucking like UFC and I didn't, I love it. I love it, man. Let's go fucking watch it, man. Be my friend. Be my buddy. That fucking weak ass shit. I found out through this path of life, who is David Goggins? Who am I? I call that personal sovereignty. Exactly. There's not a lot of people that have that. That's me. There's a lot of people that change who they are depending upon what people want from them. And that's, that's me. Yeah. That's important, man. And most people struggle their whole life to find out who they are. Struggle their whole, their whole life to find out what defines them, what they actually enjoy and what they don't. You start putting yourself in situations that suck, you'll find yourself. Yeah. You'll find it real quick. One of the chapters that I've pulled out to talk about is chapter five, the armored mind. Yes, sir. And you talk a lot about negative self-talk. Yep. And we all have a negative voice. That's right. Some of us deal with it more than others. Right. Uh, some of us, we deal with it in different times. It manifests itself very, very different for all of us. Uh, right here in this story, I want to go right back where you left us. Mm -hmm. You lie. You get yourself out of that particular service. Right. And then you put on all this weight over three years. Was it the negative voice? How did the negative voice lead you to the weight gain and kind of keep you in the sewer, as you say? So the most important conversation you'll ever have is the one you have with yourself. Mm -hmm. You wake up with it. You walk around with it. Eventually, you'll act on it. Mm -hmm. And my self-talk was the most disgusting self-talk of all time. Mm. So the sewer of my mind, like I said, you have to go back in there and fix things. A lot of us are afraid. Like right now, 20 years ago, you wouldn't find me on this show. I was too embarrassed to tell you I stuttered. Mm -hmm. I lied. Mm -hmm. All these different things, getting beat up, getting bullied, whatever happened. But that's where the true transformation starts to happen. When you can look at people, anybody, thousands of people, one person and say, hey, this is who I am. And this is where I have to fix myself. Mm -hmm. A lot of us run away from our fears. Sure. And we box ourselves in mm -hmm. to a, a lifestyle of this is all we can do. Because right. I'm afraid of everything outside this box. Yeah. So I'm comfortable inside this box. I jumped the box. Oh, you did, yeah. For the first time in my life. Mentally, I jumped the yeah. box and said, hey, I, I, I got to come out here and play. Well, what's interesting to me, and I want to talk about this for a second, because you made a real decision. You want to talk about jumping in the fire that night because you're 297 pounds. Right. So there's a lot of hard work that has to be done just to get you ready. The <laughs> if impossible you can be task. ready. That's right. To take on the SEAL training. That's right. So there was a lot of hard work. I want to point that out to our listeners <laughs> and our viewers, just to get yourself to a point where you can do what it is you set out to do. And the funny thing about that's not even funny at all. There's a good chance I might not even make wow. it. Right, right. And I walked home right. and cried on my couch. Sure. Wow. So it but was. Uh, here's what I want people to hear. Sometimes, because it, it is intimidating. You just talked about it, how intimidating and how difficult right. the mountain was just to get a chance. Afraid. 
Yeah, ter- terrible fear. Yes. Yet you made a decision. It is as simple as us making a decision. I'm going to do this no matter what. Is that essentially what happened that night in the shower? You know what? It was over a period of time that voice became haunting. When I was younger, I could get away from it a little bit. Right. When it becomes something that steady just pecks at you yeah. all day long, mm-hmm. no matter what you're doing, like if I was talking to you back mm-hmm. then when I was 300 pounds, sure. I could be talking to you in this voice at the same time, like, what are you doing? What are you doing, man? You're a loser. Where, where are you going, man? This, mm-hmm. this is what you could do your whole life. Right. So it'd be talking to me as I'm talking to everybody. Right. It was almost like I had, I had two people. <laughs> right. and I'm like, good God, just right. shut up. Right. Just right. I, I sure. want to be comfortable. I want to yeah. be left alone. I, I don't want to face all these things right. that, that life gave me. So you got to a point where you were sick and tired of hearing that voice. I was sick and tired of not facing the fact that I have, I've allowed life to make me feel like a loser. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us allow life to do that, yeah. and we accept it. And a lot of us talk about how we believe in God. Mm-hmm. We believe in something higher than us. Yeah. If that is truth, mm-hmm. you won't allow yourself to feel that way. That's absolutely right. This whole thing about suffering, <laughs> yeah, it sucks. Really bad. Uh, really, really bad. But we all live on this side of suffering. On this side, this nice box that's very comfortable that we know when everything's gonna happen. We're in it, it's good. We know how everything's gonna turn out. It's those few people who are willing to go on, the, on this side of suffering. And once they get through that, ask him how he feels now, his mind, how far he grew. In that short period of time, He grew so much more than the normal person because he was willing to go outside himself because on the other end of suffering is greatness. It's not over here. So a whole bunch of us, we put ourselves in this great box. And in that box, there's no suffering in it. So what we do is we we shelter ourselves from greatness. And on the other side is where you start to really start your journey. People think they start their journey because they're born. No, there's a lot of people in graves who have lived a hundred years and have never started their real journey. Your real journey starts when you go outside that box and you start climbing mountains and start climbing mountains. And you think you're at the top of the mountain, you go down the other side of it, you think I'm here, and you look up, fuck, there's another fucking mountain. And it goes on and it goes on and it goes on. And just when you're getting ready to quit, You crest that final mountain, you get down and you look, and there you are. And it starts to make sense to you then. It doesn't make sense to you until you get outside that fucking box. I talk to so many fucking people, and what I say is not for everybody. So many people don't have any clue on what the fuck I'm saying because they're in this box. And it's their brain. You first must go through suffering to find that great peace we're all looking for. A lot of us want to have, there's a lot of books out there about this five steps. Do this, do this, do this, get there. No, man, it's not that easy. To find real permanent peace and enlightenment, you must go to the dark side of who you are. I could have easily just shoved my whole life under a rug and went straight to peace. Are, Are you happy there? You overcame nothing. You jumped hell, you skipped hell, for you, you forego this part of your life, you skip it and go right to peace. 
So you always have this thing back here that's haunting you, and that's that darkness. You must go into the darkness to truly find that light that you're looking for. Because that's what's on the other side of that. People get it all wrong, man. You, you have to face suffering. You have to face this dark side, this darkness. And there's a lot of energy in there. There's a lot of goodness in there that you can use to find greatness. But you cannot find your peace you're looking for in yourself until you overcome yourself. I think so I get a lot of emails about how do I stay motivated, hungry, driven. Well, let me tell you something. Most days in life when I wake up, I'm not motivated, hungry, or driven. I have a commitment to myself to the best version of myself. What most of us are looking for is this special fucking feeling of, oh, I feel great this morning. I'm gonna get out of bed and get a quick five miles in or go to the gym. If you're looking for that feeling, let me tell you one thing, it ain't gonna come. You have to learn to do when you don't wanna do. Learn to bring that savage mentality out of yourself. The animalistic motherfucker. You think a savage gives a fuck about how he feels or how she feels? They just do it. Learn to be your best self when you're least motivated. Stop looking for a feeling to control what goes on in your life. You have an obstacle to overcome, so overcome the motherfucker regardless of what's going on. There's not many people who've done some of the things I've done. Being the only, and I actually talked about with Adam, um, I came up with, with the only. There's a lot of onlys out there. I was the only black in a lot of situations. And the only isn't about a color. There's a lot of, you know, there's gays, there's lesbians, there's people who are white people who just feel like they're not wanted in society. That's the only. The only is feeling like you're not accepted in any society that you're in. Doesn't matter what color, creed, race, gender, doesn't matter. It's just that you are in this situation where you feel like you're being judged, you might be being judged, you feel awkward. It's an awkward feeling when you walk in a room and you're like, oh my God, like I'm the only. And that comes with a lot of people. And that's where the only really came from because I didn't want to make it like a black situation. I want it to be, I want this, this is about people. You are your own hero. You are the hero of this book. So I want it to be, what's a word that can make people feel like this resonates with me? That's only. You know, it's not about, it was about black or about white or about, about being Jewish or, or Christian or whatever. So that's where it comes from, man. It's about ownership of a lot of people feel like no one understands what I'm going through right now. And that's the only. Oh, yes, the only is a very powerful thing for me. And there's a lot of times in my life that I chose the only um, on purpose, mm -hmm. on purpose, just to see how I would come out the other end of it better. What is it all about? I'm gonna keep on grinding. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying though is you have to respect what you've done. Take a second, not live in it, not sit around and say, I'm good. Sit back and say, let me look at the vantage point now that I'm at. When, when there, that's why you reset the vantage point. Get the tactical advantage. If you get the tactical advantage too quick and start fighting, you got to take a second to take observation of what I'm, where I'm at. What have I done? Am I in the right spot? I'm obviously in the right spot right now. Now we can go back to fighting. It's called you find peace. I never found peace until I got real sick. And you find peace by clarity. And there's no clarity when there's noise. When there's always a schedule in front of you to keep grinding at it, 
So my schedule is always there. I'm still alive. If I'm still alive, I'm going to grind until I'm dead. But in that grinding schedule, you have to have a point in there where it's okay, at 12 o'clock, reset the tactical advantage and look and see where you're at. At this new vantage point, stop for a second and survey the field. Because what I was doing was I had this big long schedule. And in this schedule, there was no take a second, see what the f accomplished. Because if I did all that shit in the military, after I got honor man at Ranger School, and I was the top leader amongst 300 people, when I got back to that second platoon, if I had taken a vantage point and said, okay, my God, man, you've really grown as a leader. I would have attacked the situation that second platoon was differently when I was like, oh, you guys, you guys want to work out this far? You ain't, you ain't hard like this? I would have learned, I would have taken a step back and said, okay, hang on a second, man. You learned a lot. That's the tactical advantage. You got to take the advantage point and take a second to breathe and say, you learned a lot. But when you learn a lot, if you just go back into the fight, you never apply what you learn. You just get that certificate of graduation and go. Get it, remember what you learn, and use it. And that's about taking that one second out, get on top of that mountaintop, looking down and say, okay, how would I have handled this years ago? Wow, I would have really up. This time, that's not f***ing. So I'm always in constant pursuit of my 100%. Shit and your all scared and shit everywhere you go you're nervous and you're and you're panicked and you're stuttering and you know your whole life is that shit there's not joy in that shit that becomes who you are no matter how much you change you're scarred so people are like my god man you never smile you never do this it's my life it's my life so you gotta teach yourself how to read and write and also can smile and say it's okay a lot of things aren't like you know man why don't you do this like, I don't judge people. That's why I don't judge the people. You have to undo that shit. And no one came down and trained me on how to be happy, how to find peace, how to do this and that. That's why I'm so glad I found it through suffering. The greater the suffer, the greater the peace I found. But you have to reflect on where you came from, from the dungeon of hell that I came from, how to reflect on that shit to find final peace and be able to say, wow, fucker. If you die in this bed at 40 years old, I'm the happiest in the world because I did it. I pissed people off along the way. Some people don't like me, Merry Christmas, whatever. But you can finally look in the mirror and you can cuss on damn rich roll shit and don't care what they say about you and be happy with it. I used to hate people not liking me. One of the hardest things in the world for me at a young age was, my God, I just want to fit in. I want to fit in. I want you to like me so that's a horrible place to be in life because you lose yourself when you want to fit in with people so badly no people no better than you you do whatever you can to fit in that's a bad place to be you lose yourself in trying to create a character that other people will accept and the that's where I found a lot of joy man this is God this is me mm -hmm. I speak in the third person I'm I got some shit going on. I'm still working on myself. Take it or leave it. You don't like me? Take a number and get in line, uh -huh. man. Even though people may not believe it, because I cuss, which is hilarious, I believe in God big time. I've had this voice in my head since I was a young kid. So what trained me was that voice. And I'm not going to go God on you right now. I don't care if people believe in God or not. That's not my place. I'm not here to judge you. You have your own life and your own things to deal with. This voice in my head 
guided me to the spot where I'm at today. And if you don't believe that you're here for a reason, your life will seriously hurt. And I start looking at my life and all the shit I went through as God put me, some God, whatever you believe in, put me here to go through this. And now I see all the hundreds of thousands of lives I'm changing by the hell I went through. There's a lot of power in that. So my purpose as I started going through this journey, instead of looking at like, woe is me, God, man, why, why, man, why, why? I started looking at it as, it's the perfect training ground. You knew exactly what you were doing. You knew exactly what you were doing, obviously. You put me in every situation possible to tell a story that needed to be told. You know the one gift I have, with all that being said, what you just said there, is I have the ability to see the end before the beginning even begins. And what that means is I know that to get to the very end, I can see it right now. So before I went to Bud's, and I was losing all this fucking weight and shit, I saw myself walking across the fucking stage at 191 fucking pounds, because that's what I had to get to, to, to get into the door. I saw myself six months, a year later, whatever it's going to take me to do it, I saw myself walking across that stage, getting that fucking certificate of graduation from Bud's. And I was able to be there at 300 fucking pounds. And that feeling that I was nowhere near that fucking feeling, I was able to put myself there a million times every fucking day. And that feeling of like, my God, that is going to feel fucking amazing. That's what made me suffer. That's what allowed the pain to be real and say, this is worth it. I want to feel for this fucking next 18 months. It took me 18 fucking months to finally become a Navy student, to finally you know, just get through butts. 18 months. It's six right. months. It took me 18. And it's so fucking worth it, man. I said, people don't get it. So I'm able to put myself at the finish line, even though I have no finish line, but at the finish line of an event before I even start the motherfucker to say, how are you going to feel at the end of this? Right. Visualizing is, is my biggest tool of life. It's like being focused on one thing at a time. I have to be very present in everything I do. Like right now, I'm with Rich Roll. I'm not thinking about shit, but Rich Roll. And what the fuck's coming out of your mouth right now? That's what, that's what gives me a huge advantage in life, especially today, in this day and age, with so much shit going so fast, and everybody wants to keep everything going, everything up, and everything. I want to be the greatest, you know, the greatest multitasker of all time. Not me. If I put my 100% into what's in front of me, I will destroy it. If I'm out here just multitasking and shit, I'm going to half-ass everything I do. So that's, it, it is the most important thing in the world mm -hmm. to me is being focused at the task at hand. And it's getting harder and harder to do that because there are so many distractions and it's so, easily to, it's so easy to distract yourself. Yes, it you is. You don't ever have to be bored again with these things in our pockets. No, but the one thing I'm most scared of in the world is, is uh, losing, losing touch with the, the best thing in the world is, is your mind. Your mindset, how you can picture yourself, how you can focus, how you can drive, how you can put yourself in so many situations, get out of it. Because those headphones we listen to, those, those phones that, that we Google to, to find information, there's so many situations in my life where that shit's not going to help me. It's not going to help me. And you're able to just turn that off. So fast. Because I know what's helped me. None of that stuff's ever helped me. Mm -hmm. None of that stuff's ever helped me. What, what has helped me has been me alone getting my shit together and being accountable for who I'm not and who I want to be. That's the only thing that's helped me. Let's say you lived 80 years on earth and now you realize that you lived here being a shell of who the fuck you should have been. So now you're in heaven. But are you really in heaven? Because now you see how much you fucking left down there on earth. 
The root cause of the quitter isn't that you can't do 100 fucking push-ups. You can train anybody to do that. The root cause of the quitter is when you get in hell, you can't process it. It's too much to process. Because your mind starts going back to the real reality of like, I'm not ready, I'm not good enough. It's not trained. So I started training this, realizing that the only thing that makes me quit is not the muscle fatigue, it's the mental fatigue that makes me quit everything in life. So I became a practitioner of the mind. The mind's a very powerful thing. It has a tactical advantage over you all the time. It knows your fears, right. it knows your insecurities, it knows where you don't want to go. So it will guide you away from that. And that's why the mind will always win until you reprogram it. It'll always win until you fucking reprogram it. Because the mind controls you. Why is that? It's your fucking mind. It's your mind. Because all those things that happen to you in your life, all those bad things, all those things that you blame other people for, they're now yours to own. You gotta figure out a way to reprogram your mind to get outside the box. Before I turned 22 And then I went to jail For some shit I did not do Them niggas think it's rap Until bullets make them back up No, I'm in them movies, bro But I am not no actor Way before these contracts I knew I was all that Bet she say that hustle If you ask her where that bomb at She don't even smoke weed She's just high on contact Way before I launched that I understood the concept This is it's the motherfucking marathon. It's corner time. This shit ain't gonna stop, man. 100. 100. I can feel the excitement like I can sense an indictment. Swear I hope that I'm wrong, but just in case I'm on my tip. Forever on some fly shit, however illogic. Spend a regular nigga monthly income on my outfit. See, I was front day house with rocks inside of my mouth. When jealous niggas that hate me had their feet up on the couch, and then we made it out. And now we standing here, hope niggas don't think this type of shit gon' magically appear If so, I got some news for ya They say life's a bitch, and she sing them blues to ya Pay attention, I hustle, I got the rules for ya Made my way through the maze, and I left some clues for ya Now it's up to you, are ya? Gone Take heat and get paid And scream all money in until your dying day Say fuck the middle, man, get on your grind to save Or are you more the type to have your mind enslaved? They telling me they believe, and I got style for days And when I do drop an album, they'll be proud to pay Still out here on this mission, and I'm miles away Somehow I feel like recently I found my way Yeah, it ain't no feeling that could rival those And you could pop a molly, you could sniff a pile of coke You could make 
a hundred million, fuck a thousand hoes But when it's all over, all that count is how the story's told So write my name down, write my aim down To do this my way and cord my own lane out Shit changed, they say I don't act the same now But it was either that or blow my fucking brains out Niggas dissing me, got me tempted to change routes Pressure building up, gotta let this pain out Gotta think smart, gotta map my plays out Before I kill these niggas broad, they ain't yell my gang out View city lights glowing, wine tasting, filet yawning and boob rosin. How many people called? Just a few chosen. And that's why I go hard, cause I do notice. She tells me that I'm wrong for not using emotions. Too busy to love abroad, and I can't lose focus. But maybe in a different life, maybe when we make it, we'll meet at the finish line. Maybe this is fate, maybe God will send a sign. But more than likely, he'll say, nigga, grind. Seven days a week, I be at my offices Keys to the city, nigga, I'm the hottest Even if the OGs don't acknowledge it Gone That's not really how you start It's not about a lay It's about the overall race And that's one of the reasons why I'm a marathon runner I ain't no sprinter Yeah, this your life, you can play with it You make your bed, you gon' lay in it Do your thing, just be safe with it Triple bucks in the state prison Blue laces in my blue chucks I ain't never gave two bucks BT, I jumped the hood up Asking if that nigga neighborhood what? Like I wouldn't take it to the back with you same nigga walking track with you Same nigga shot a strap with you Same nigga bought a sack with you 19 touching two birds Alpine is off a few swerves Gray leather in my white Lincoln Shit smelling like a new purse Two C's on my bitch shit My money rising like bitch quick Six words help you get this Rich rapper on some crib shit I pray for blessings as a young nigga Not to learn the hard lessons of a drug dealer Triple life with a gang enhancement The judge triple white and he hates your blackness He slammed the gavel with a racist passion Got you waiting on the pills but your patience passing And all you got to offer is a fight It's too late to run to Christ once you caught up in this life love Don't cry tears, they don't fly here And if you don't die here, you're supposed to fly leers 365 here is like a dog year No wonder why these niggas 20 and got white hairs Stressing like they 40 and some change Slowly in this game, all my homies is in pain 
And Brody is the slang, but it don't mean he your brother It don't mean you can trust him, it don't mean that he love you And we was raised wrong, but we stayed strong And when we kept it real, we got faked on And when we showed up, we got flaked on But why them niggas story getting cake on? I bet my life, I'm a dice shaker Electric lights on a skyscraper It's up and downs for a real nigga But you'll be lame all your life, hater Mac 10 in my black Benz Show me signals of betrayal, can't be back friends Long flights get my mind right Victory to me is when you spend your time right Victory to me is when you get your grind right Victory to me is when you get your minds right Niggas got this shit twisted Like Jean-Michel Basquiat destroyed his pictures Self-inflicted homicide, don't pull the trigger I feel like I got to tell you, you got something to contribute Regardless what you went to, regardless what you been through I feel like I got to tell you, you got something to contribute I was right. That's part of the dilemma of being an American Negro. That one is a little bit colored and a little bit white. And not only in terms, in physical terms, but in the head and in the heart. And there are days, this is one of them, when you wonder what your role is in this country and what your future is in it. How precisely are you going to reconcile yourself to your situation here and how you're going to communicate to the vast, heedless, unthinking, cruel white majority that you are here. I'm terrified at the moral apathy, the death of the heart, which is happening in my country. These people have deluded themselves for so long that they really don't think I'm human. I base this on their conduct, not on what they say. And this means that they have become in themselves moral monsters. Well, Jim, I can That's see... a terrible indictment. Yes, I... I mean every word I say. It was a great shock to me. I want to say this on the air. The Attorney General did not know... You mean the Attorney General of the United States? Mr. Robert Mr. Kennedy. Robert. Didn't know that I would have trouble convincing my nephew to go to Cuba, for example, to liberate the Cubans in defense of a government which now says it is, done, is doing everything it can do, which cannot liberate me. Now, there are 20 million people in this country, and you can't put them all in jail. I know how my nephew feels. I know how I feel. I know how the cats in the barbershop feel. A boy last week, who was 16 in San Francisco, told me on television, thank God we got him to talk. Maybe somebody will start to listen. He said, I've got no country, I've got no flag. Now, he's only 16 years old. And I couldn't say you do. I don't have any evidence to prove that he does. They were tearing down his house. 
because San Francisco is engaging, as all, most northern cities now are engaged, in something called urban renewal, which means moving the Negroes out. Getting, it means Negro removal. That is what it means. And the federal government is, a, is, is, is an accomplice to this fact. Now this, we're talking about human beings. There's not such a thing as a monolithic wall or, you know, some abstraction called the Negro problem. These Negro boys and girls who at 16 and 17 don't believe the country means anything that it says, don't feel they have any place here on the basis of the performance of the entire country. Oh. I don't think, put it as simply as I can, and without trying now to investigate whatever the motives of any given Muslim leader may be, it is the only movement in the country which we can call grassroots. I hate to say that, but it's true. Because it is only when Malcolm talks, or one of the Muslim ministers talk, they articulate for all the Negro people who hear them, who listen to them, they articulate their suffering. The suffering which has been in this country so long denied. That's Malcolm's great authority over any of his audiences. He corroborates their reality. He tells them that they really exist. You know? Jim, do you think that this is more a more effective appeal than the appeal of Martin Luther King? It's much more sinister because it is much more effective. It's much more effective because it is, after all, comparatively easy to invest a population with a false morale by giving them a, a false sense of superiority. And it will always break down in a crisis. It's the history of Europe, simply. It's one of the reasons we are in this terrible place. It's one of the reasons that we have five cops standing on a black woman's neck in Birmingham. Because at some point they believed, they were taught and they believed that they were better than other people because they were white. It leads to a moral bankruptcy. It is inevitable. It cannot but lead there. But the point, my point here is that the country is for the first time worried about the Muslim movement. It shouldn't be worried about the Muslim movement. That's not the problem. The problem is to, to eliminate the conditions which breed the Muslim movement. I can't be a pessimist because I'm alive. To be a pessimist means that you have agreed that human life is an academic matter. So I'm forced to be an optimist. I'm forced to believe that we can survive whatever we must survive. But the Negro in this country, the future of the Negro in this country is precisely as bright or as dark as the future of the country. It is entirely up to the American people and our representatives. It is entirely up to the American people whether or not they're going to face and deal with and embrace this stranger whom they malign so long. What white people have to do is try to find out in their own hearts why it was necessary to have a nigger in the first place. Because I'm not a nigger. I'm a man. But if you think I'm a nigger, means you need it. And the question you've got to ask yourself, the white population of this country has got to ask itself, north and south, because it's one country, and for a Negro, there's no difference in the north and the south. There's just you know, a difference in the way they, in a way they castrate you. But, that's, but the fact of the castration is the American fact. If I'm not a nigger here, and the, you invented him, you, the white people, invented him, then you've got to find out why.